Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Stanley. And we have a very exciting guest for you guys today. We are chatting with Rafael Elbaz with Unicargo. And we're going to be talking today about supply chain challenges and some of the insights on Amazon's regulatory updates. So at, coming from supply chain industry myself, I'm very excited to hear about this. So let's welcome to the stage our guest for today, Raphael. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much, guys, for having me. How are you guys? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. So we were chatting, uh, Rob and I, just before the show. He's like, yeah, we're kind of getting back into like your area of expertise. I was like, I've been out of it for so long now. I don't even know what's going on. So I'm super excited to hear uh, about we know like, really love it. what's happening. <laughs> I, I Educate you know, us. <laughs> yes, please, please. So let's let's just kind of start there. So like, what are some of the recent regulatory updates that Amazon has made that are going to impact supply chain for sellers? Well, That's a great topic and a great question, actually, because there is a massive, massive, massive change that I've never seen before. And that's when you bring products into the States. We're going to talk about Amazon US because that's the biggest marketplace and where probably most of our audience sells on. And when you bring products into the States, you have partner government agencies besides US Customs that regulates product, right? For example, we have CPSC. Uh, which is uh, Consumer Safety Product Commission. We have FDA, we have USDA, DOT. All of these departments, besides U.S. Customs, are um, are in charge of import regulation, right? The right documentation, the proper labeling, the proper certification or approval that you ca- that you might need in order to, to import something, and. I've started, we have started noticing that, and th- this is huge, right? When you import a product, if you have a problem at customs, or let's say you import toys, right? And all of a sudden, CPSC stops your product for a random check, and they found out that you're missing a certain document, they will actually contact Amazon to tell Amazon that, hey, this importer, seller X, doesn't have this, this, and that, Amazon will automatically remove your ASINs from the marketplace. And that's something that is huge. I've seen Amazon sending letters to clients, to sellers, telling them, hey, CPSC has contacted us about your product. You're missing this, this, and that. We are sorry, but we are removing your complete listings. And this is something that we've never seen before. It's kind of, you know, the partner government agencies now teamed up with Amazon in order to enforce compliance, which is, you know, some would say this is a good thing. Well, consumers, are, you know, would look at it as good things because now products on Amazon would be would actually be safer to use because now sellers will have to comply with import regulation. And again, before... I've started, I've started seeing it about three, four months ago, 
But before that, if you have a product with, if you have a problem with your product, right, with your import side or CPSC, FDA, whatever, it would stop there. You would have to deal with these government agencies as an importer and Amazon would not know about it. So you might have stock in a 3PL that you might keep on selling it. But now, whenever you have a problem with one of these government agencies, Amazon is going to be no notified about it by these government agencies and you are going to be shut down. I've started seeing a lot of these partner government agencies cracking down on Amazon sellers. So they look at the bill of ladings, right? Because on your shipment document, they would actually say where your shipment is going to. And they are now starting to pin, pinpoint um, Amazon sellers and actually stopping more and more products from Amazon sellers uh, just for random checks, see if you have the proper documents, et cetera, et cetera. And again, for us, this is huge. Um, and also for sellers, this is huge because, again, this has never been seen before. Uh, it's a new thing. Uh, started, I guess, in the past couple of months. Um, but that's basically implies or says that Amazon seller now should be really on top of their import regulation. Now, a lot of sellers are confusing between what you need in order to sell on Amazon, like marketplace compliance, right? Amazon will require this, this and that document in order to sell that product. And it's sometimes a completely different thing from import regulation. So import regulation sometimes gets overlooked, right? But, you know, sellers would say, all right, I have, I'm comply with Amazon. I have everything I need to sell on Amazon, right? I'm proved to sell that product on Amazon. I'm okay with import regulation, but that's not the case. These are two different worlds, two different things. And sometimes Amazon will not, let's say you sell cosmetics, right? Amazon will not look at your product labeling. They won't look at your product packaging and we say, all right, you know, this label is not according to the FDA regulation, yada, yada, yada. Amazon would not look at that. While FDA, when you import a cosmetic product, and if it will fall into a random examination, FDA will look on your wording, on the font, on the size, on the placement of the label. Uh, and, and, and that's a completely different world. And now Amazon sales will really have to be on top of their import regulation, their compliance. And, and that's, that's a very, very important uh, update there. Um, again, this is new from the past couple of months, uh, but I'm guessing as time will, you know, with time, sellers will start, you know, getting hit by that more and more. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them will learn the hard way. Um, hopefully some of them will listen to that and, you know, will contact their freight forwarders or their customs broker and make sure they have everything ready import-wise, regulation-wise, in order to properly import their product, because now kind of the the compliance, the marketplace compliance and the import compliance kind of teamed up together. So if you have a problem on the import side, Amazon might chart you down. And I've heard a lot of questions about how would, you know, FDA or how would US custom know I sell on Amazon? Well, a lot of your boxes has Amazon labels on them, right? Yeah. You know, customs officers are not stupid. They'll see the Amazon label. They'll they'll scan it. They'll take a picture of it. They'll send it to Amazon. And Amazon immediately know who the seller is, what's his listing, what he sells. And they'll give 
CPC all the details and they'll kind of start exchanging information on a, on a, on a regular basis. And basically, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing that Amazon sales needs to know now. Yeah. I, I, I like the example that you gave of cosmetics specifically. I want to stick with that because I know that there's, you know, international expansion has been a huge conversation in the last two years. And I like cosmetics because there's so many, chemicals and additives that are allowed in the States that aren't allowed in Europe. And I'm wondering if sellers, again, hyper-specific example, but I'm wondering if sellers are taking into consideration the chemical compounds and manufacturing and sending different products to the different marketplaces, or if they're sending one and just slapping one regulatory label. I mean, my point of this is how can they be sure to stay up to date on the import requirements per geography i know you said to work with their freight forwarder but what else can they do to be prepared all right that's a great question so basically import compliance would vary between different countries right what you know the the import compliance for cosmetics in in europe is completely different than import compliance for the states Uh, for example in the european union you gotta have a responsible party it's a company you it's a european company that you mob you have to hire to put on the labels of your product. So in case something happens, they would have a local number to call to an emergency number. And that's these, there are specific bodies that are actually approved to act as it's called a responsible party Mm -hmm. or a responsible person, uh, which doesn't exist in the States. Right. Um, So what do they need to know? Basically they would need to do the research, right? They would need to have their experts or, they're a service provider. Again, whether it's a freight forwarding company, whether it's a compliance compliance agency, but before you launch a product in a different marketplace, before you are trying to penetrate into a different marketplace, it's, it's supposed to be on your product development phase where you develop a product or when you think about a new marketplace, import regulation and compliance should be a very specific phase in product development or even before, of course, before you send anything to a new country, you got to work with either, again, either your freight forwarder will be able to give you that uh, details or an import compliance agency. Um, and it really varies between the different products, right? There are children products, there are cosmetics, there are food. So there are a lot of products that actually requires um, certification or import regulation. And based on the specific product you intend to import, uh, and again, it, it might require a bit of more, more of an experience or knowledge in the import compliance world. But again, the, a great starting point would be afraid for if they wouldn't, if they won't, if they don't know, or if they don't have, uh, you know, if they don't want to take responsibility for that, they will direct you to the right uh, agency or the, the right body or company that would help be able to help you. But the, the main thing, the most important thing is that these things could not be overlooked, right? So before you intend of sending anything, especially to a new marketplace, you got to make sure you're spot on on your compliance, that you have everything prepared. Uh, your labeling is, on, is you know, top notch, so that an expert gone through your packaging, your PDFs, your graphic files, and made sure these labels or that packaging is in compliance with that uh, import regulation on that specific country. 
Do you recommend then for either new sellers or sellers that are starting out on a new product that they secure this information before they begin production? Because it feels like it would be harder to rework later if you already have your packaging and then you send it to your freight forward and they're like, this or your customs agent, it's like, this isn't going to work, my friend. Like, do you recommend that they just start with a freight forward? Yeah, that'll save a lot of pain. As as I said, that should be part of the product development. So before you start production you want to make sure you're and again before you pay for packaging and print packaging you want to make sure these are compliant in compliance because otherwise you'll have to reprint everything you'll have to rebox everything and again that's that's a costly mistake uh, that yeah. you can avoid so basically definitely definitely yes before you start production before you work on your graphic design again that's specifically for cosmetics, right? For children product, there is not, it's not a big issue on the, the actual product packaging, whether on the testing or certification, you gotta have, you need your factory to have. So even before graphic design, even, even before, when, when you select a, a, a manufacturer, when you select a supplier, right? Sometimes it's even, it's even earlier in the stage of product development it's when you when you choose a manufacturer to work with right in case of children product you want to make sure he has the testing certification Mm -hmm. he has the you know the quality control in place to actually produce uh compliant children products and again it's not a must because you can actually pay uh, for an external, you know, laboratory to do these testing, but again, it would. You want to know that that factory works with the U.S. market, and he understands the U.S. market, so he has that on hand, right? He makes sure he has testing on a regular basis, renew them every year. Uh, that will actually help you vet a supplier, right? If Absolutely. the supplier doesn't have testing report for the U.S. market, you can assume. Is not a big exporter to to the U.S. because if he would work with bigger importers, if he would sell massively to the U.S. market, he would have all this testing in place. He would be able to give you guidance, and he would know what you're talking about. And when you contact the supplier and he says, "No, I have no certification. I don't know. You don't need to. Whatever," you can assume that he doesn't have a lot of experience with that specific target market that you want to sell on. Uh, so that actually could help you vet suppliers, you know, talking about to them about import compliance, import regulation. You should take that with a grain of salt because, again, a supplier will say everything in order to sell you. His role is sell products, right? Mm-hmm. He's not. He should not give you advice on import compliance or regulation, but it's a good it's a good start, right? It's a good it's it's a good point to ask. So you can understand what question he has now. Children products that these are considered products that are intended to use uh, for the use of children under 12 years old. In every country, there is an import regulation for these type of product, whether it's in Europe, UK, Japan, US, Canada. Every every country in the world would have these regulations in place, uh, and it's different. It's very very different from country to country. Um, so yes, some of the products you would actually have to, when when you would actually have to work on your compliance and understand what you need in order to import something, even before you select a manufacturer, a supplier. And for cosmetics, 
it doesn't really matter the supplier, it's just that you need to have your labeling in place and your product packaging printed properly, right? So yeah, it's it kind of varies between product to product, but it would start with it would start it would definitely start before you 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 start manufacturing. That's definitely for all for all the products. Key takeaway. Awesome. We're gonna yeah. take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsor, but when we come back, I want to talk about getting a competitive edge and staying ahead of these regulatory updates and challenges. So we'll be back in just a second. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. You guys be sure to go to gatita.com forward slash sellernomics for the first 400 and FBA reimbursements free. We are back with Raphael with Unicargo. And I want to talk a little bit, you know, obviously there's this big regulatory update, right? That's going to impact a lot of sellers. But I want to talk about some of the other supply chain challenges that sellers are experiencing as a whole, right? Like, do we still have hundreds of boats sitting off of the coast waiting to get into port and things like that? And, and just kind of in general, an update of the supply chain landscape, and then also how sellers can stay competitive in today's supply chain. So talk to us about that. Well, that's a great topic and an interesting topic, actually. Tables have turned, right? What whatever we've seen in the past two years has completely changed. Right now, it's the exact opposite. There is so much capacity in the market, meaning shipping lines. You know these big, big, huge companies who run vessels. They've actually, you know, kind of did the same mistake as a lot of sellers did, where they've seen, you know, the demand picks up so crazy during COVID and everyone started ordering more and more products because they thought this is the new normal now. It's beautiful. Money is raining on us. And they got stuck with so much uh, products, right, in the warehouse. The same thing happened with shipping lines. Shipping line actually saw the huge demand in COVID and they've ordered so many new vessels that are just now getting into service and all of a sudden, these shipping lines have so much capacity, with me meaning so much free space on vessels, but the you know the demand has it's not there anymore. There is no the, the warehouses are full. Again, talking about the big big importers who move the world, the warehouses are full. There is no peak season this year, um, and prices are actually even lower than pre-COVID. So containers, container from Shanghai to Los Angeles is about thousand dollars now, it's which we crazy. never wow. thought we would see again. I I remember yeah. joining the supply chain in July of 2020, so everything was on fire and absolutely sky high. And speaking with other experts in the industry and just listening to different podcasts and webinars, they're like, "Y'all, we'll probably never see it regulate back to where it yeah. was. We were expecting this new normal to be." consistently higher and now you're saying that it's even less than it was before i mean this even, and that's a big surprise by the way because when i started dealing with freight forwarding i'm talking about 12 15 years ago air freight prices from china to the u.s were below the dollar mark 80 cents per kilo 70 cents per kilo oh, wow and with the years these prices picked up so now you'll never see anything below $3 per kilo. I'm talking airport to airport, just, you know, pure air freight. 
And, you know, as air freight kind of picked up and stabilized at the, prop, at the proper price that carriers could earn, we thought that the same would happen with the shipping line. Mm-hmm. Running a container on the under $1,000 on the Trans-Pacific is a loss. Right now, shipping lines are losing money every single month. Um, the problem is that capacity is, you know, the market is overrun with capacity. There is so much, so many new vessels coming in for all the shipping lines. They've ordered so much vessels, new vessels, big, huge vessels would take thousands and tens of thousands of containers. And, you know, importers are not ordering at the pace they were ordering in the past three years. It's actually slowed down. You know, with all the economic slowdown, the interest rates, the, the inflation, all of that affects the, the, the demand. And all of a sudden, we have so much supply in the market uh, for ocean freight that drives prices down. Uh, usually, this time of the year, we would see prices picking up because of Q4 coming in. The big orders are going out now. So prices would go crazy usually this time of the year and what we are seeing now is just the opposite prices are keep on coming down keep on coming down and that's a very interesting thing to see what will happen for a seller from a seller perspective it's beautiful prices are lower than ever to ship freight by ocean right there is no congestions uh ports are completely clear you know the trucking industry is also crying out for more business so there, it's a great scenario for the importer side. Um, not so great for the for the three PL sides, but it is what it is. You know, they had again freight forwarders, shipping lines. They had the the best run of their lives in the past three years. Like, it, it's never happened before, right? These prices we've never seen prices like that since containerized shipping since the 60s where they invented containers prices would never there sixteen thousand dollars ten thousand dollars seventy it's it was nuts um and now it's a correction all right so it's a very hard correction in the market um expectation that it would pick up sometime next year q2 q3 next year wow yeah that's crazy you know, that, that swinging back into the Amazon regulatory updates that we were talking about a little earlier, you were talking about supply chain. Obviously, things have loosened up and gotten better as far as, you know, being able to get ships and get your product over here. Has there been any other things for Amazon sellers or within that supply chain sort of logistics that have gotten better or worse based on these regulatory updates? Like, are we seeing less products coming into Amazon because of these restrictions or like you were kind of saying a positive could be that it's good for consumers because now there's more regulations, which means safer products. Anything else you're sort of seeing either positive or negative coming out of these regulations? Well, I see other things besides the regulation. Well, the regulation is, it is what it is, right? It wouldn't prevent you from ordering more products, right? You'll just have to be compliant. You'll have to spend uh, I don't know, X amount of dollars more just to be in compliance, make sure your product line is in compliance, right? But what we've seen uh, because of the 
crunch because of the lack of demand globally uh, for physical products that Amazon are shutting down warehouses. Amazon are cutting off, cutting off workforce, which has a lot of impact on the logistics side as well. Amazon came up, we just had a webinar with Amazon Carrier Central. Carrier Central or the, the CARP system is the system that we freight forward use in order to schedule the delivery appointment with Amazon, in order to schedule the trucks coming into Amazon. And they had a huge webinar with an announcement uh, the other week. They are starting to implement new rules about carriers missing appointments or not showing up. And they would start... And we don't know when it's going to be effective. We assume it's going to be effective this year. But we are going to start and seeing an inexperienced on un or unprofessional Amazon freight forwarders just being cut off. Because what happens is Amazon have, you know, they are tired and sick of, you know, people scheduling appointments and not showing up. And they are going to start charging the seller, the actual seller, if his carrier is not going to show up to his appointment, what they call uh, a, a, a no-show, no-call. So if you have an appointment and you don't show up to that appointment without canceling 48 hours in advance, they are going to start charging the seller uh, about 20 cents per unit as a fine. So he would know not to work with that freight forward. And that's a huge update, again, internally for us, the freight forwarding community. Uh, it just means that we freight forward needs to be much more uh, precise on our processes, working with Amazon, scheduling trucks with Amazon. And again, that's because of we, we see that part of the economic slowdown. Amazon is trying to be more lean, more uh, efficient on receiving products. Um, so yeah, that, that's another big thing that we are seeing on the Amazon side on scheduling truck going coming to Amazon. Um, they're going to impose the PO date. So we are going to see that Amazon will start really, really imposing a 90-day PO date. So for example, from the moment you create your shipping plan, right? The moment you create your shipping plan on your seller central. They'll, you'll have 90 days to deliver that. If you deliver that product or, or that shipping plan, the day after the 90 day, you'll get fined. Uh, so that's another thing we are going to see from the Amazon side this year. They are going to really impose the, they, they, they are, I don't know if you, if it's already there on Seller Central, but you're going to see PO end date. So the moment you create your shipping plan, you'll have an end date, the shipping plan. If your product doesn't show up within 90 days, they'll they'll fine you if it shows up after afterward. And that's a big headache, right? If you create your shipping plan, I don't know, when you start production or when you end production because your supplier has to put the labels on the product and, and all of a sudden you want to split, you want to keep some in China and send some later, you won't be able to do that anymore. So sales would have to be more precise on their um, logistics planning. Um, they're gonna, they would need to connect it with their PO creation dates, with, which means their shipping plan creation date. So uh, there's a lot of, lot of these things coming up from Amazon uh, pretty soon. We assume it's gonna happen this year. Wow. Nice. 
let's let's kind of end here before we start talking about Unicargo with just your predictions for freight forwarding and logistics industry overall, let's say in the next six to 12 months? Well, we are going to see a lot of, again, I assume, and remember that freight forwarding in the past three years have seen record profits. We've seen companies recruiting putting a lot of money in tech in becoming a digital freight forwarding companies, which is a big thing in the freight forwarding world, you know, digitizing the whole processes, documents, everybody's building their own dashboards now and, you know, mm-hmm. BI capabilities and, and freight forwarding, the freight forwarding industry is going into the digital age where they are building a platform, they're becoming more precise, they're kind of fitting themselves to the the younger generation or you know nobody want to work with excels anymore or just you know emails or phones they want to have everything updated on the platforms online and so a lot of freight forwarders have put a lot of money into that hiring a lot of people into that again counting on huge margins and huge profits and all of a sudden this is it's disappeared right so freight forwarding companies are again working a very very slimmer you know, small margins, and we are going to see a lot of layoffs, um, a lot of uh, mergers, companies mm-hmm. buying companies. Um, that's that, that's what, what we are already seeing in the freight forwarding industry. Wow. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, definitely a different world than it was even yeah. 12 months ago, right? Uh, yeah, it's let's... constantly changing. Yes, indeed. Let's take another quick break here from our sponsor. And then I want to hear more about Unicargo, what you guys are specializing in. And then, of course, how folks can get in touch if they have any questions. So we'll be right back. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at Katita.com slash Sellernomics. All right, you guys, we're back with Raphael. Be sure to go get that free 400 Sellernomics, uh, getty.com forward slash Sellernomics, free 400 reimbursements. Um, Raphael, thank you so much for sharing just kind of the, yeah. the updates on these regulations with us and, and your predictions for the logistics industry. I just want to hear a little bit more now about Unicargo and how you guys are helping sellers, how they can work with you, you know, what you guys have going on there. All right, cool. So, Basically, Unicargo is a freight forwarding company specialized in e-commerce businesses, servicing e-commerce businesses. Uh, we've been around for more than seven years now. I started the company by myself, you know, working from home after many years in the freight forwarding industry. And we grew very fast with, you know, the, the Amazon space booming in the, in the past uh, 10 years. Uh, we are based in Israel, in China, in the U.S., and we work with a vast, we work with a, a lot of different types of sales. So we would work with a first timer. Even if you have, if, even if you're, it's your first product, it's your first shipment ever, we would have a division in our company, which is a, a specialized business units for smaller sales. We work with the biggest aggregators of this, you know, in this space. So we work with, a lot of different types of sales from the smallest sellers to the biggest sellers 10 figures and more um we do obviously freight forwarding sea freight air freight warehousing in china warehousing in the states warehousing it's a big thing for us uh, all over the world uh reverse logistics handling all of the returns all of the 
Amazon removals, uh, added value services like repacking. We have we have customers shipping other returns to us. We do laundry for these because these are fabrics. It, a lot of things, electronic, we fix, we, we put, uh, you know, spare parts. So reverse logistics is a big thing for us as well. Uh, but basically everything related to you, to the logistics of your business, especially if you're an e-commerce business, that's, that's our expertise in the past seven years. We work not only with Amazon sellers, we work with Walmart marketplace and target. Um, and basically we help scheduling everything from the moment you have your product ready in the factory until it arrives um your destination market whether you need storage in between whether you need storage in china where where, where your suppliers are in china in india in Thailand, wherever um so yeah basically everything related to the logistics part of your business that's that's our specialty that's what we do fantastic and if anybody's interested in reaching out or learning more where can they get that information well, just Google Unicargo. Uh, we just launched a new website. Uh, we did a very big project, built a new website after uh, five years. Uh, so visit our website, just search Unicargo social media, Google. We are, we are all over the place. Perfect. And for our audio listeners, that is Unicargo, U-N-I-C-A-R-G-O.com. And if you have questions for Raphael, you can reach out to him directly at Raphael Unicargo, R-E-F-A-E-L at Unicargo. Raphael, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's awesome to host you yet again. And just to hear these updates, it's, you know, nostalgic for me. So thank you. (laughs) Great info. Pleasure being here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you for everybody who tuned in today. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to give us a thumbs up, share your thoughts in the comments, subscribe to the show, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash Sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.